0: church only has one story. It's the story of a God who loves a fallen world, a God who loves a broken creation so profoundly that he conceived of a plan to heal it, to make it whole and bring his wayward children back into fellowship with himself. It's the greatest story ever told and retold and told again. It's a love story, written by the Holy Spirit and imbued with the power of salvation. 2,000 years ago, 12 men began telling this story to everyone they could reach. From person to person, it has spread across the globe for centuries, changing hearts, redeeming lives, transforming whole cultures and healing broken people. One at a time, this story has redeemed billions of souls. It has given rise to 37 million churches. Over two and a half billion people living today claim this story as their own. That story is the gospel of Jesus. I've been asked to speak this morning about where I see the joy of Christ at Christmas. I find the joy of Christmas in the gospel. And this morning I'd like to revisit the original story. As you listen, I invite you to consider that the gospel is the single most important thing that you can know. When we talk to others about our faith, when we witness to those who are not yet saved, we often speak about the power of the gospel in terms of how it has impacted us personally. We share our testimonies which is a powerful thing and i'm not in any way suggesting that our testimony is not useful in witnessing but your testimony does not have the power to save another soul and the gospel does only the gospel i'd like to read a few words from the apostle paul in the book of romans that describe his own thoughts about the gospel from chapter one First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. That without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow, by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. In Paul's writings, he only ever refers to two things as having the power of God. One is the gospel of Christ, and the other is Christ himself, only those two. So hear the story of God's love for you. In the beginning, God created a perfect world. It was flawless in every detail. It was very good. And God created humans who were more like him than the rest of his creation. Mankind was the pinnacle of God's creative work. A being who bore the image of God, created with free will, and charged to care for the rest of creation. God walked in fellowship with the humans that he had created, and they knew him. And then humans were tempted, and they chose wrongly. They wanted something so badly that they were willing to say no to God. Mankind put something else ahead of God, and sin entered into the world. In that fall, the corruption of sin entered into the perfect creation, into the very genome of humanity, and there it sits, even now, actively working to corrupt and destroy the goodness that God created. Sin separates us from a righteous God. We do like to think that we are good people, You hear it all the time. I'm a good person. He's a good guy. They're good people. That goodness all depends on the measuring stick, though, doesn't it? You may be a very good person compared to another human being. But are you good? Are you good when you are measured and compared to God? Because that is measurement. Take all your good deeds, all your good thoughts, all your good intentions, and line them up against the perfection that is God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Nobody passes the bar, nobody can. Only God is righteous, only God is perfect. For us, that's a problem. What is a just God to do with people? Because God is good. He is righteous. He is holy and he is just. He hates sin. Don't think that because God is love, he doesn't hate sin. God is love, so he must hate sin. God's wrath is reserved for the unrighteous. And none is righteous. No, not one. Jesus himself said, only God is good. You might say, if God is so great, why can't he just forgive everybody? But what would you think of a judge who just kind of swept things under the rug, who looked away from injustice and wrongdoing? Would you say that that judge was righteous? Was he just? No. You would say that judge is corrupt. And nobody wants to serve a God that is not good, a corrupt God. A God that was evil or unjust would not offer much hope to us. But what is a good God to do with people like us? We deserve his wrath. We have erred. We have sinned. We have served other gods, wealth, power, pleasure, self, We have denied the power and the holiness of God. What is a good God to do with people who are not good? Because God is also merciful, he was not content to simply dismiss humans and let us all perish. He conceived of a plan to bring his people back into fellowship with himself, to cover the sins of the wicked and save the lost to save us. He came down to earth in the person of his son and was born in the form of a man. The human man, Jesus. Lived on earth for 30 years in perfection. He never sinned, never once. He never chose to say no to God. His obedience was perfect. And not only did he avoid the negative, he did the positive serving those in need, teaching his friends about God's love, and in all ways, honoring the Father who sent him. Every day of his life, he walked in perfect fellowship with God. He did what we can never do. He lived in perfect harmony with God's will in all things. And in the fullness of time, God's only begotten Son, This perfect man, offered up his own life as payment for the sins of humanity. You see, when there has been sin, in order for there to be justice, there must first be restitution. We cannot enter into the presence of God without righteousness. And the price is frankly beyond us. We cannot achieve that righteousness on our own. The wages of sin, the penalty for sin is death. Separation from the love of God is our just reward. This is what we have earned. We are unable to achieve righteousness, and so we stand condemned by our own actions to pay the crushing price of sin. But God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God, in the person of His Son, Jesus, paid the terrible price for sin on our behalf. The miracle of the Gospel is far more than the fact that the Romans beat Jesus up and hung Him on a cross. For the redemption of our souls, The price that Jesus paid was that in that moment as he offered himself up for us, the wrath of God, every ounce of judgment that was reserved for us, God poured out on his beloved son. Not once, not once ever had the son been without the loving fellowship of the father. Yet Isaiah chapter 53 says it pleased God to crush him, to make his soul an offering for guilt. Jesus wasn't just crucified, he was crushed. It did not please God out of cruelty. It pleased him because it allowed him to redeem us. It was Christ who was also God offering himself up in our place to pay for our sins. Isaiah prophesied, out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous and he shall bear their iniquities. In that terrible moment, Christ took the stain of my sins and put it on himself so that I could take his righteousness and put it on myself to wear it as my own. He paid so that we would not have to. He wore the filthy rags of our sins so that we could wear the robe of his righteousness. So I could be accounted righteous. So you could be accounted righteous and enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus died in agony and he bore the full weight of the Father's judgment. He was buried in a tomb and on the third day God raised him back to life. He gave Jesus the victory over death and Jesus shares it with us. The promise of life is ours forever if we believe in the Son. He was taken up into heaven where he sits as the crowned King of Kings, the Lord of Lords at the right hand of God And from there, he will one day return to judge the world. If we want to be part of his kingdom and to enter into heaven, we need only accept his free and loving gift. He offers us redemption, perfect righteousness before God, and our sins will be forgiven because restitution has been made. This is the story. This is the one story of the church. This is the story that saves people, that changes hearts and minds and lives. This is the story of God's love for you. This is the joy and the hope and the peace and the love of Christ. This child in the manger at Christmas is the opening chapter of God's magnum opus, his great work of redemption. At Christmas, we remember his birth. He came as one of us, a helpless baby. In a year, this child will be toddling and learning to walk. In two, he'll be learning to speak. In 13 years, he'll be preaching in the synagogue. In 30, he'll be baptized in the waters of the River Jordan and begin his earthly ministry. He will heal the sick and cause the blind to see. He will make the lame to walk and he will feed thousands of hungry people with a few loaves of bread. And in the fullness of time, he will hang on a cross and he will die. And for thousands of years, his story, his gift will spread across the world, saving souls, redeeming those who are lost and restoring them to right relationship with the Father. His story is our story. If you have not yet come to know Jesus, you only need to accept the gift that is offered to you. Believe in him. Hear the story of God's love for you and believe. Redemption, freedom from death is available to you today at this very moment. I love to tell the story for those who know it best, seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And when, mid scenes of glory, I sing a new, new song, it will be the old, old story that I have lost.